What's going on, Thrive Church family? We're so grateful you're tuning into this week's podcast. We pray this message will bless you in the same way it has blessed our house this past Sunday. Man, such good stuff. So excited for what God's doing. And so, hey, at the end of service, you're going to get a little card. It's going to have a QR code, and that's going to give you all the groups. We have 63 groups this session. All throughout the week. I think literally they're every day of the week. Other than Sunday mornings, because that's weird, because y'all need to come to church. But every other day of the week, youth, kids, young adults, men's, women, home, oaks, groups in homes, sports groups, so so many different groups. And so please join a group. I'm telling you, if you're going to be part of this house, we want to help you follow Jesus. And following Jesus is not just on a Sunday. We're going to teach you how to follow him every day of your life. We're here to raise not just attenders, but disciples. And so challenge you join a group today you're going to be hearing about it the next few weeks and they're going to launch in a couple weeks sound good all right let's pray for the offering and then we're going to go ahead and go into the rest of the experience jesus we love you we thank you we're so excited for what you're doing in this room we pray that we pray that you bless the offering giving tithes thank you for allowing us to be part of your mission and that god you would continue to use us to be a part of the mission on the earth a part of california And that, God, you would continue to do what you've been doing in this room and in this place. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen and amen. Well, listen, before we go ahead and introduce our guest speaker, do me a favor. Can we welcome everyone watching online this morning? Come on. Online, we love you. So excited that you're with us. And hey, you're in for a treat. Not just you guys online, but in the room. It would be remiss if we didn't ask one of our guest speakers from conference to preach. So we have the privilege of having Pastor Chris Estrada from Dallas, Texas with us this morning. Killed it last night. Killed it this morning. He's been a friend. He's been a voice in my life. We've known each other for a few years. And, and, and can I tell you this? I believe that the message he has been speaking just all over the weekend and just hanging out and having dinner and just talking profoundly prophetic. If you would allow this word and the words he's going to share to pierce your heart, I'm telling you that Jesus will begin to do a new thing in your life and God will get to take you into a new season. I really believe that. That's why we bring guest speakers because they prophetically speak into our house so that way we can go where God wants us to go. Makes sense. So I want you to come ready. I want you to come hungry. I want you to be ready to hear what God has to share with you. Do me a favor. Stand to your feet all over the room. And let's welcome up Pastor Chris Estrada as he gives the word to our house this morning. Wow. What, what an introduction. Thank you so much, Thrive Church. You may be seated. I appreciate the honor and truly humbled to stand in this moment as I've seen from a distance and now know up close why you come to church here. Um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I don't know if you could tell. Come on, are there any caramel brown people in the room? Yep. Uh-huh. And we got some chocolate. Where you at, chocolate? Everybody loves chocolate, right? And we got some whipped cream. We got whipped cream. That it, we all one big Sunday. all right? Everybody got a sweet tooth up in here, all right? But I can't help but be honest. Uh, it's just Hispanic. That's who we are. I'm going to just keep it 100 with you. You people in this church are spoiled rotten in this church right here, all right? You got incredible worship. Come on, give it up for this team. You got incredible next-gen vision. Come on, the conference this weekend, the kids. I mean, listen, if you ever complain about this church, you might as well punch yourself in the throat, all right? You got a problem, all right? This is an incredible house, and I think it's quality reflection of just real strong leadership from Pastor Chris and Pastor Vanessa. Come on, do you love your lead pastors? Doing a phenomenal job. Give it up for Pastor Matt, carrying some great vision in the weekend, and all the interns, all the team, thank you so much for all your sacrifice and your yes, but um, I, uh, I am truly, truly honored to be here this morning, and recognizing this is my first time in Lathrop, California. I know this is the vacation spot of California, and apparently I've missed out on that. Uh, you know, you've got a Sprouts and a Starbucks and a Chipotle right next to each other. I'm like, that's heaven for me. That, that, that works for me. But recognizing this is my first time, let me tell you my story so you kind of understand where this crazy Mexican is coming from, all right? I grew up on the border of the United States and Mexico, and you probably have heard of my city but for all the wrong reasons, because you only go there for two reasons, all right? You go there, number one, to visit family, or number two, to do something illegal. That's the only reason. I'm not lying. If you heard about all the cartel wars, all the drug trafficking, all the... Okay, those are all my cousins. (laughs) So Christmas was fun growing up, or the FBI was kicking in the front door. That is not a... I felt like my whole life was one episode of Narcos. That was just like a slow Tuesday, you know what I mean? And so 
I remember by the age of 12, I found myself with a drug addiction, a lust problem, and an anger issue, but I love to play basketball. Come on, anybody love to hoop in here? Anyone? Yep, all four of you. That's phenomenal. So I would, <laughs> so I would go to this church that had a gym and uh, play in their gym, and then they would stop, cut the gym off and, and tell everybody, come over to the youth service. Well, in that transition, I would dip and leave and find some else to play, but the, the youth pastor got involved in my life. He came to me and said, hey, you want to go to church camp? And I was like, is there going to be hot girls at this camp? Is there going to be fine women? I was a six-year-old little pervert, all right? I had no idea what I was saying. And so he's like, well, we're going to go for Jesus. I said, fine, you can go for Jesus. I'm going to get some phone numbers. <laughs> I'm going to camp. What I didn't realize is on the first night of that camp, I got saved, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I got called into ministry all in one night. The game-changing night for me. From that point forward, I went to Bible college. Um, I was uh, in business, and then I was, became a missionary uh, to Sri Lanka. Come on, how, how many know where Sri Lanka's at? Two people. That's so good. Um, so, I, I, and then I remember uh, I came back. We took over student ministry, and really the last 14 years of my life, I've spent raising and releasing this next wave of influencers that I believe was gathered throughout Friday and Saturday, getting completely encountered by God right here in this room. Come on, you have a lot to celebrate this weekend. A lot of ground was taken. And uh, I'll, I'll give a little bit more details to what I do, but there's no way I could do it on my own. I married the right one. We just celebrated 19 years of marriage. Come on, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That's the longest first marriage in my family. So that's, that's a win. That's a win. We're breaking curses out here, y'all. Uh, but um, we, here's a fun fact. Um, at today, I met my wife 20 years ago on this day today. She sent me a text message. She's like, happy 20 years. And I was like, 20 years? We got married in June. What do you mean 20? And then I had to, you know, like a good husband, remember. So, um, but I have four amazing kids. I brought my oldest son with me all the way to the Mecca of vacation in Lathrop, California. I'm telling you, this is my son, Elisha. Elisha, would you stand up and say hi? This is my son. Can you guys welcome my son? We have four amazing kids. She wants more. I don't. Pray for her, not me. All right? That, that's demonic. So, but I can't think of a better place to be than right here at Thrive on Sunday morning. Come on, anybody hyped about church this morning? Now, I, I don't do no quiet church. I'm too Hispanic for that. I'm, no, I'm too brown for that. All right? Uh, I, I don't do, I believe a quiet church is a dead church. Hello? Now, this is the 11 o'clock. Y'all had extra coffee this morning, all right, so I need you to respond back. Come on, I, I believe, I, I love, um, when I played basketball, I love when I played on my home court, it meant I had the most crowd support. Well, I believe the word should have the most crowd support anytime that we're in church. Are you with me? So can you talk back to the word this morning? Can you do that? Somebody shout, yes. Say, come on, somebody. Say, come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, it's, it's, whatever. All right, are you ready for the word? That was terrible. I said, are you ready for the word? Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Hey, do me a favor. Turn on your Bible and go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Yeah, I know what I have to say. I know what generation we live in for crying out loud. Turn it on. All right. My Bible says, I don't care if you open it or, or turn it on. Uh, the Bible says the word of God is living and active, not what it shows up on or what it's written on. All right. I just care that you have your Bible. Keep your Bible charged. All right. But uh, um, I want to paint on a blank canvas for us this morning as I feel like we're going to parachute in the middle of a situation. In 2 Kings 6, the king of Syria is always starting to create conflict with the nation of Israel. And several times he'll wake up in the middle of the night and come up with like these wicked ideas on how to invade into Israel. And so as soon as he gets an idea, he'll call his counselors, his generals, advisors together and start sharing the plan. Well, as soon as it leaves his mouth, it ends up in a pair of ears he didn't expect, and that's the prophet Elisha. Now, this dude is bad. I mean, nobody could intimidate Elisha. I mean, this guy, there is no, I mean, they threatened him with violence, and he would just show up in such anointing. Kids came out and called him bald and made fun of him, and he called bears out of the woods and ate the kids. This is a true story. This is in the Bible. This is good youth ministry. So anyway, so like, uh, anyways, so Elisha just, I love this prophet so much, I named my oldest son after him. And so Elisha would hear as soon as it left this wicked king's mouth, he would hear it. And so he would report to the king of Israel. He said, hey, you're about to be invaded. Send reinforcements and garrisons to this place and fight off, you know, the surprise attack. Well, the Bible says this happened time and again, time and again. So this didn't just happen one time, family. This happened all the time, all right? And so uh, they, he, one day he gets so frustrated because one of his surprise attacks doesn't work again. 
and he calls all his generals, all his advisors, all the counselors together. He's like, all right, which of you is the traitor? Which of you is, info- I got a leak in my administration and people be tweeting stuff out and I can't figure out who it is, which, which is the traitor? And everybody's like, oh, 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 uh, it's not us. It's not us. They say, it's not us, my Lord, the king. They have a prophet who hears everything you say, even in the privacy of your own bedroom. That's awkward. Let's just be honest. Like the Bible be hitting you with some information. Like you can't say nothing. Even that pillow talk ain't going to stay on the pillow very long. All right. And so he says, uh, well, tell me where this prophet is that I may seize him. So he said, well, the prophet is in Dothan, which means cutting. That's a whole different message. And so they send a whole army. He sends an entire army for one guy. And we're going to pick up reading right here in verse 14. It says, so one night the king of Syria sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more with us than against us. Come on, that's a good place to say amen. We can have church right there. There are more with us than against us. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, Open his eyes. Say that with me. Open his eyes. Say it one more time. And let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army began to advance toward him, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness exactly as Elisha had asked. Ooh, there's so so much to taste here. All right, and we're going to get it all. But first, let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to flood every heart. I speak to this atmosphere right now, and I thank you that it's full of faith, it's full of hope, it's full of peace, it's full of joy, and I call everyone into alignment. I call them into agreement. I call them into collaboration with you, Lord. We partner with your presence this morning. Do something deep on the inside of us, son. Lord, ignite something fresh on the inside of us, God. Do something that we've never seen. Speak to us in ways we haven't been spoken to. Challenge us, build us, correct us, and encourage us this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it. Amen. 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 I want to I give you this title, but Uh, I want to preface it with this. I have no cultural, political agendas attached to this title. No lie, when God gave me this message and he said, call it this, I was like, that's a dope title. We're going to call it that, all right? I want to speak to you on the subject about stay woke. Listen, there is a natural wokeness that's trying to claim the attention of a generation and nations around the globe. And all that wokeness, that natural wokeness, all it does is notices the problem. So it posts about it, it has opinions about it, it calls out people, it gets offended with it, but it does nothing to solve the issues. There is something about people who have been woken up by the power of Almighty God. Where they don't just notice problems, but they feel called to heal it. They feel called to bring clarity to it. They feel called. They are moved by their spirit to actually go and solve the crisis that's taking place. They're not opinionated. They're not looking for credit. They don't care who gets in the spotlight. They can move in the shadows and be even more effective. There is something about people who have been touched by the love of God, the word of God, a time of fasting and prayer, a time of being sharpened and discipled, built, corrected, encouraged. There are something about people who stay spiritually woke i remember one time i was uh coming out of the gym uh don't be that impressed it was a dodgeball tournament and um i i remember i'm coming out and i get this text these text messages on my phone these like one right after you anybody have that one friend they could send just one text message but because they have attention seeking problems they have to send 45 when it could have been just one so i'm, I'm hearing my phone boom boom right and so these are the type first one was Yo, what's up? Next text message. Is this Darnisha? Next text message. This Antoine from Saturday night. All right. Now, honest to God, I said this before, before Jehovah God, Pastor Chris, I meant to send back. This is not Darnisha. But the autocorrect on my phone sent back said, this is Darnisha. To which Antoine hit back. Sup, girl? So... I didn't have anything else to do. 
So I just texted back. I was nothing. I was like, nothing, nothing. He, 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 emoji, emoji, emoji. And baby, it was off. He said, what you doing right now? I said, well, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to bed. He said, I said, I'm kind of tired. I just got to the gym. He's like, well, you should go to sleep. You should go to bed. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Look at Antoine. 15 seconds of my life. Speaking godly direction in my life. So anyone that knows me knows, you know, I, I like to go to bed early. I, I normally like to be in, like nine o'clock is normally, but after nine, I'm barely safe. All right. So I need to sleep. And, and I wake up around 435 every morning. I've just always been that way. Even since high school, I was like that. And so I, um, I remember I'm lying in bed. Uh, my wife is right next to me. She's reading her Bible because she's the real Christian. I'm just the preacher. And, and I, I'm sitting there and I hear my phone go up and I'm thinking that could only be one person our whole family our team knows you don't text me because after nine you're not getting an answer to the next day so I, I go and look at my phone sure enough it was Antoine and he said sweet dreams baby girl so I grab I'm literally lying in bed I grab my phone and I'm laughing I'm like <laughs> you don't even know you don't even know like I'm all excited about it and then my wife is like hey who's that I, I said that's Antoine you're, you're trying to make something sound normal when you know it, you totally know it's not. I said, it's Antoine. <laughs> She's like, who's Antoine? What does he want? I said, well, he want, he, he want to talk to Darnisha. <laughs> she said, well, well, who's Darnisha? I said, well, life's funny. I said, I guess I'm Darnisha. <laughs> and she's like, hold on. You're a married man pretending to be a woman talking to another man. I said, baby, when you say it like that, it sounds bad. This went on for two weeks. Oh, yeah, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I'm going to have fun in mine. I've been depressed. I like joy a lot better. You get around my son and I, we're going to laugh the whole time. I'm telling you, we're wild, all right? You go ahead and sit with yourself. I'm not doing that. I'm going to have a good time while I'm here. And so, like, I, I remember this would go, I would take screenshots uh, of our conversations. I would upload it to all my social media, and I had the hashtag Days of Darnisha. You can sit Darnisha with an E because she's a deep soul, independent woman. But you go check it out online. People were following from all over. And they were like, dude, you got to keep this going. You got to keep this going. And I, I would have family church. I, I would have. But then one day Antoine's like, hey, hey, I want to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, no, no, no. I want to see you again. Yeah. You, you and I both know some, some things have changed since the last time. Maybe, maybe upgraded a little bit since the last time we saw Darnisha, but things are different, Right. And I'll never forget, he's like, hey, I want to see you again. I knew as soon as he saw me, he would recognize I am not who I said I was. And I think that's exactly what's happening to the kingdom of darkness right now as it's trying to infiltrate every area of your life where God keeps uncovering, unveiling. He keeps exposing all these lies, removing all these obstacles, tearing down all these walls and sending out not just warnings, but to keep you in front of every challenge that could ever come your way. He is waking you up. He's not waking you up through news headlines. He's not waking you up through social media feeds. He's not waking you up through 60 second clips and podcasts and YouTube channels. He's waking you up in the place of prayer. He's waking you up in his word. He's waking you up in fasting. He's waking you up in worship. And then when he wakes you up, you are activated to go and live the impossible. You're looking for giants to kill. You want walls that you can tear down. You want what's never been done. There's a unique appetite to people who have been woken up by the anointing. Come on, is there any people who have been touched by God and he's asked you to take such risks that you'll leverage everything in your life? Where are the woke at? You're going to be woke. Let me give you three things you get to say with your life. We're going to stay woke. Number one, number one, I'm ahead. I live ahead. I stay ahead. I have met too many believers that honestly think they're always behind. Wow. They think the devil knows more about their future than they do, which is not even biblically true because he's not the alpha and the omega. He's not the beginning and the end, he's not the resurrection. Are you following me? He's not, are you he's not the creator. He doesn't get to step out of time and space. He has limitations. He's not omniscient, omnipotent, he's not any of that. What he does recognize is certain spiritual characteristics that come on the lives of men and women. He recognizes that the same way that Thrive is preparing to host times of prayer and encounter with God is the same way that the Welsh revival was birthed and it spanned across the globe, reaping a, whole, a harvest of souls. 
The same way that men are gathering together and going after God is the same way Smith Wigglesworth used to worship. And he caused a great and powerful anointing to hit all across uh, North America. The same way that women are yielded and leaning into the presence of God and being activated is the same way that Catherine Coleman, Mariah Woodworth Edder began to terrorize the kingdom of darkness. There is something about spiritual patterns that he does know. Like hunger. Like prophetic words. He recognizes when you come into con. This is why churches like this are dangerous ground. Because it's dangerous to cancer. It's dangerous to depression. It's dangerous. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching better than some of you saying amen. That's okay. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to watch the Cowboys game on the way home. Because I'm a real Christian. I go for the Cowboys. But I, like, I, I, I'm telling you. I think there's something about people. Who will take absolute risk after absolute risk. Simply because God wanted them to. It didn't matter if they succeeded or failed. It's because God asked and I said yes and that's all that matters. Where are the people who are reliable to heaven? Where are the ones who make hell nervous and heaven excited? Come on, where are the woke at who stay ahead and refuse to let headlines, newsreels, social media feeds influence? Where are the woke at? The Bible's where he says, Elisha would warn the king time and again. This didn't just happen one time. This happened all the time. Imagine if we had a church that would warn governors, senators, presidents, palaces, boardrooms of what's to come. Let me tell you what would happen. The church wouldn't be irresistible. It would be irreplaceable because there's no way the Spirit of God can move into every area without the local church. You do realize the local church is the most sustainable vehicle in any sphere of society. When, when wars happen, the church is still there. Politicians get elected and they leave, the church is still there. Education systems get disrupted, the church is still there. Pandemics happen, the church is still there. I'm telling you, what we are, we, the people of God, we're ahead. You want to shut down school shootings? Stay ahead. You want to get rid of mass overdoses? Stay ahead. You want to shut down terrorists? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I am, I'm preaching to myself this morning. We need to stay ahead. Here's the second thing. If we're going to stay woke, number one, you get to say, I'm ahead. Number two, you get to say, I'm an ambush. You are not being ambushed. You are an ambush. I'm going to help you out. Come on. I know somebody online is hearing this right now. I don't know where you're watching from, but I know God is speaking to you. You are not the threatened. You're the threat. You are not the minority. You're the majority. He literally has to say, there's more with us than against us. He's surrounded by an entire army. It's an army versus one, maybe two. And he's like, there's more with us. You do realize this angelic army is still around. They are still at the ready. At a moment's notice, you need the type of courage or backup that heaven, only heaven can supply. These angels are ready to run with you. All you need to do is try to walk in to some things that you weren't trained for, that you don't have a college degree for, that you weren't called to. But all of a sudden, God put a mantle on your life and he's kept you ahead and baby, he's making you an ambush. Come on, where are the woke at this morning? I remember one time I sit in my office. I was like, Right, I was think I was in the middle of mid email. I'm sitting there like this. My door's closed, and my assistant, she's outside, and um, and she's she's El Salvadorian, so she comes with all the spicy, all right, all the sauce, all the attitude, all of it, all. I mean, dangerous. That's why I hired her. And so, I remember I'm sitting there, and a woman storms her office. My door's closed. Storms her office and goes, "Where's Pastor Chris? I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris?" And my assistant, she didn't even miss a beat. She's like, "Where's Pastor Chris?" She's like, "Hey." What you coming in here acting all crazy? What you want to talk to Pastor Chris for? <laughs> now, I'm hearing all this happen. So I, I'm, I, I, I get up from my desk and I do what any man of God does in this situation. I go to the door and I lock the door because I, I am, I'm not catching a case. You ain't going to get me on case. You ain't going to get me on Christian TMZ and take pictures. You ain't going to do that, right? So, so I remember, but, I, but because I'm Mexican, I put my ear to the door to see what was going on. <laughs> because I'm super nosy. Come on, I know, I'm not, I'm not, don't you look at me like that, like you wouldn't do the same thing, all right? And so I remember, she said, she's like, I need to talk to Pastor Chris, what do you want to talk to Pastor Chris for? This woman says, hey, well, a voice came into my car and gave me this address. We have an unlisted address. There's no way you can find us. And, and a voice came in the car and gave me this address and told me that a Pastor Chris has a message for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the other side of the door and I'm like, Really? 
Because when I prayed this morning, you brought nothing up about crazy women die bombing this office. I'm like, Pastor Chris got a message for me. Wait, Pastor Chris, you never said nothing about that. And then, and then I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm not ready. And you know what he said? He said, that's okay, son, because I'm ready. And when I'm ready, that's when you're ready. You know, I, let me just rabbit trail for, I think too many times we're addicted to being ready. We're too addicted to having, we need all the right money first. We need all the right calendar alignments first. We need all the right relationships. We need every, we need the first three wins set up. We need all of it. We're too addicted to being ready. Have you read this book? Have you read, there's not people full of, there's not full of people that were ready. There's not full of people that had a plan. Many times God's making it up as he goes. He's like, hey, hey, Noah, hey, hey, build a boat where there's no water. Trust me. Trust me, trust me. I'm gonna come through. I'm gonna come through. Trust me, right? It's true. Read the Bible. Right? Hey, hey, David. Hey, David. Go kill a giant, but don't wear any armor. <laughs> Moses, talk to the rock. Water gonna come out the rock. Just try. I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Watch, watch. Right? Either you smoking too much of your own supply, or you heard God. <laughs> Abraham was too old. Gideon was too scared. Mary was still single. This is not full of, this is not a book full of people that had a plan and were ready. What it is is full of people who said, I may be surrounded, I may be outnumbered, I may be overwhelmed, but baby, I'm ahead, I'm an ambush, and God woke me up for this reason. I don't, I don't quit too easy. I don't give up too soon. I have put in too much blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point for God just to leave me where? Are the woke at this lady's going psychotic please let me talk to pastor craig please and i opened the door i said ma'am ma'am i said i'm here i said please come on in i told my assistant you, you come too in case anything pops off i need you know day one activity so this woman making a long story short i said ma'am what's going on in your life she said well i've just just given papers for my fourth divorce i have different children out of these marriages and then she says and this is the same thing that happened to my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother. And she goes, and I, and I stopped her. I said, ma'am, I think why God brought you here was to heal you, but it's going to happen through an unconventional way. I think it's time that you forgave not only the people that have hurt you, but the men that hurt your mother, the men that hurt your grandmother, and all the women in your line. When I said you need to forgive, she started manifesting a demon right there. She went, ha, 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 I'm telling you, right there, and demon juice is going, her tongue, ha, 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 it's going everywhere, and I'm thinking, come on, man. I'm supposed to go to Chipotle after this. Like, I, I, if you don't know me, I'm a germaphobe. Like, I, I, I don't like drinking after any, I don't even drink after my wife. Like, I'll kiss her in tongues, but I will not drink after that woman. That is gross, she's wrong. Not even my kids, that nasty grim little thing. I will not drink after him or any other, my kid, no way. No, I got, listen, that's not a spirit. It's a standard. And I expect you to know the difference. Okay? Just say it. This whole, this whole like hand sanitizer glove. Okay, been living that life. All right? Pre-pandemic. I'm a real one. I'm a real one. I'm ahead of my time. All right? Been there. When y'all got all the updates and everything in 2020, I'm like, welcome. Welcome. Just playing room. Thank you, you nasty self. Right? Anyway, so, like, uh, when this day's like, ah, and I'm like, ah. So we start praying. This woman's like, I'm serious. She knocked over my coffee table and she is slithering on a snake like this as a snake in my floor. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus. But then my assistant, you know, she's El Salvadoran. So there's, let me just teach you something about brown folk, okay? Because when we pray in English, that's one thing. But when that thing switches over to Spanish, you better get out the way. I'm gonna tell you, even Jesus himself is like, watch out, watch, get out, watch out. Michael, get, Gabriel, get back. That's how you got hurt last time. Tell, it's like that, right? She's like, yes, Jesus, in the nombre de Jesus, the fuego, fuego de Dios, levante, levante. She starts going in. This demon didn't even have a chance. This lady went out cold. She's like, boom, pow, like this. This woman got completely set free, got saved, and is plugged into a church to this day. Why would that happen? I'm never ambushed. I am the ambush. You can throw what numbers you want. You can throw what odds you want. I am never being ambushed. I am the ambush. You do realize God, from the beginning of time, has been trying to wake you up. It's been his assignment. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of the people. But Jesus' messianic job description was that he would come and restore sight 
to the are you hearing me man I feel this right now I think one thing I have learned is that eyes that look are common but eyes that see totally rare totally rare because I think a lot of times you're we look at trouble and we think we're in the trouble that we're not let me put you like you're not in the trouble you think you're in you're not in the chaos you think you're in you're not in the storm that you really think you're in let me put you like a lot of times you're like oh man I got persecution I don't know what to do with my life and they're getting mad at me at church and I, and then then I go then I go to work and I don't know what to do and, I, and everybody's getting mad at me they just ask you to show up on time <laughs> talking to everybody under 25 <laughs> they got real quiet they're like that <laughs> there are people bumping their kids in this room like you better pay attention that's why you at church that's why we late that's why we had to come to 11 o'clock we trying to get here at nine I'm just helping you out. But people go, I'm being, I don't know what's going on. But I feel like God is just handing me over to the devil. I got, I got a flat tire. You know, it's because I didn't tie. No, you got a flat tire because all the air left. Are you following me? Too many times. Can I help you out? God is not testing you with trouble. He is trusting you with trouble. Time to mature. Time to grow up. Time to stop whining and complaining about every little thing that happens in your life and start praying through some things. Come on, where are the people who will fast until God moves? Where are the people? I'm not leaving this moment in worship until God gives me a strategy, an answer, a courage. Where are the woke at? Here's the last thing the woke get to say with their life. Number one, I'm ahead. Number two, I'm an ambush. Number three, I'm an answer. I'm an answer. I love this verse. Jeremiah, the prophet, captures God's voice. He is literally hearing the response from a God pre-Jesus. This is a visitation. Many people in this area would call this a trance-like state. This is not good energy. This is the creator of all time responding to one of his creations. This is not, this is sovereign and sacred. This is special and rare. When he's crying out and then God responds and says, call to me and I will answer you. God is not a blind God. He is not a deaf God. He is not a mute God. When you call to him, he immediately is activated to bring an answer, a direction, a strategy. Are you following me? He says, call to me. I'll answer you. And then he doesn't leave it there. He says, and in the answer, I'm going to show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I like what he says in Isaiah. In Isaiah, he says, behold, I do a new thing. Right? That, every translation, it says new. All right? Behold, I do a new thing. Especially in the last three years, we have been conditioned for the next thing. The next struggle. The next problem. The next election. The next vaccine. The next restriction. The ne- are you following? The next. The ne- I know I'm stepping on toes here, but I get on a plane in about four hours. So like, I, I, it, it's all about the next, the next, the next. And if you're not careful, you'll pray like that. And if you're not careful, you'll read to his word like that. God's like, hey, I don't do next things. He's telling Isaiah, behold, I do a new thing. And then he says, do, he, he literally says it. Don't you see it? It's his next line. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. How come you don't see it? He says, I'll make roadways in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. In other words, I'm going to do something so new that this world will call it impossible. But that's what I do. I am the God of the impossible. I will cause you to live the impossible. I'm going to wake you up and you're going to have such faith and strategy. You know, you don't know the nature of what we do. And I stay pretty hidden. I don't put my name on a lot. I don't post a lot because I find I move more in shadows than I do spotlight. I've been in stadiums. I've been in all over the world. I've been to every continent except Antarctica. Ain't trying to go there. I'm telling you, our vision at Love Has No Limits is to unite the global church for the salvation and transformation of nations. 
Historically, we've had more of an international footprint where we mass mobilize armies of missionaries to come into a nation and saturate it with intelligent, targeted outreach. I believe we live in a day where we don't have to do ministry just out of great ideas. We could do it out of great information because the data is all there. The last scaled moment we have was, was in Peru. We brought 10,000 missionaries from 43 different nations, 150 plus organizations represented to pound ground in the nation of Peru with a two-year runway and seven days of this targeted outreach. I mean, we did everything you could think of. We went in 3,000 high schools in five days preaching Jesus and did follow campaigns for anyone that made an eternal decision to plug them into a local church. I mean, we did 14 medical clinics in 12 different cities in soccer stadiums with 1,000 medical professionals. We took three logging boats massive logging boats, turn them into medical triage centers and send them down the fingers of the Amazon River and we are preaching Jesus, giving care and aid and we're watching legs grow out and eyeballs appear in sockets and deaf ears pop open. I mean, it was wild. We did sports clinics, firefighters for Christ training, political forums, education forums. We had such a huge army that the government is flying around our ministry teams in their C-130s and their helicopters just to get us to ministry sites fast enough. I mean, it's mass collaboration like you've ever seen. And in seven days after that, we culminated in the 10 stadiums, soccer stadiums, on the same night at the same time. And in seven days, we watched 1.1 million people give their lives to Jesus and were still found in a local church weeks later. I'm an answer. This is, we, we did that without advertising one name. You'll never see my name on anything. You'll never see any of the rest of the exec team's on name on anything because we always say, we're not here to platform messenger. We're here to platform the message. We, it was around 2018. I think I might've just left being here and we were hanging out. I feel like that's right. And I, we was in the, the end of 2018, we had just got off a, a video conferencing call with the vice president of Ecuador and he was extending his official invite for us to come. This would have been our fifth nation. Peru was our fourth. And as we ended that call, the spirit of God fell on us. And he said, you're not going to Ecuador. We said, okay, Lord, what's going on? He said, I'm reassigning this vision. We said, okay, Lord, where are we going? He says, I'm going to make an aggressive move on America. We said, okay, Lord, where do you want to start? He said, Los Angeles. We said, surely you mean Dallas. You meant Tulsa, like somewhere in the South, somewhere Bible friendly, ministry saturated, not hostile to the gospel. And they won't kill you, you know? And God said, no, I want to start in LA because I want to give proof to America that I'm with her. And if it works in Los Angeles, it'll work anywhere. So we said, okay, let's set a date. We're going to, you know, when the, when the Lord speaks in spirit, you don't respond in logic. So we just said, okay, let's set a date. Let's set it. July, 2020. I'm going to just say that again. All right. July, 2020. Of course, we know March of 2020, everything went to a bucket of suck and it wrapped this chaos, wrapped itself around the globe. Unlike anything we've ever seen, it was completely unprecedented. And now we're, we're sitting here and we're thinking, should we cancel? Should we postpone? Should we reschedule? What should we do? And the Lord interrupts our thoughts. And he says, you're not allowed to give a budgeted version of my heart. You're only allowed to release the full version of my heart. We said, okay, Lord, this is uncharted territory. Tell us what to do. He says, start by gathering the church. I'm making a long story short, but we were able to mass gather 641 senior pastors in a hotel ballroom in downtown LA. And they heard the heart, the history, and the strategy of what we, wanted, what we felt like the Lord wanted to do in Los Angeles. And all of them unanimously said, this isn't something you should do. You have to do this and you have to do this now. So we said, okay, we've got some momentum. We said, Lord, what do we do next? He said, start by paying off medical debt. So this was new to us, but I'm happy to report in 12 months, we watched $47 million worth of medical debt be paid off for 23,000 families below the poverty line who all got letters in the mail saying, hey, your medical debt's been dissolved, no strings attached, and if you need anything, contact the local church like Thrive Church that's only 3.8 miles down the road because we geotagged their location with a five-mile radius because our heart is to platform the local church, not ask, not ask the local church to platform us. I mean, it was why we went in the foster care system. They would only generate a hundred leads. We generated thousands of leads that started to pour in and are still pouring into this day. We went into all prisons. We planted a church in all 35 state penitentiaries that's now sanctioned by the warden's board and the governor's board. It'll never be removed from any prison in California because we said when a convict becomes a convert, they need a community to continue to establish covenant with God both in and outside the prison. And we can break the generational curse of repeat offending. I mean, we have... God said America needs its families back. In order for us to get our families back, we have to get our fathers back. And if we're going to get our fathers back, we have to call them into authentic manhood and fatherhood. So we hosted a historic men's gathering. I mean, we had anyone there. 
we had a, between the, basically between the in-person and online audience, we had 100,000 men step into a 30-day journey of authentic manhood and fatherhood and complete it. That is huge for Los Angeles. That's massive. Then the Lord said, it's time for the stadium moment. Well, 48 days before we were going to stand in the stadium, we, we had put six figures down on the uh, Memorial Coliseum. That's the iconic Olympic stadium. And I'll, I'll never forget, we get a phone call and it's from them. And they said, we're sorry, we cannot have you host your event in our stadium. We're like, why? And they said, well, there's a neighboring stadium that's literally across the street. And if we have two mass events at the same time, it'll cause traffic. It'll collapse the infrastructure. It'll be a nightmare for the whole city. And so now we don't have a stadium. Literally, it went from one to the next. We don't have one. Four hours later, we get a call from SoFi Stadium. This is that new Rams Chargers Stadium in Los Angeles. And they said, listen, we know you toured this stadium. We were out of your price range, but we wouldn't watch him. We've watched the medical debt that we've given out. We, we were giving out 33 million pounds of food every weekend. We give out $10 million in gifts in kind. That's like your beds, your dresses, dressers, your fridges, your um, home goods, your clothing. I mean, it was wild to see all, they're, they're like telling us what they've been watching. They said, we love what you've been doing for the city and we want our name attached to it. They said, Ken, would you host your moment here in SoFi? We'll work with you on the budget. We said, well, you also told us we were third in line for the date we need. And they said, don't worry, we're gonna call the first two people and we're gonna ask them to move their date. First person they call, hey, Taylor Swift, here's what's going on. That tour she's doing right now, this is what happened. Hey, Taylor Swift, here's what's going on in July, and here's what's been going on late. They walk her through the vision, and sure enough, Taylor's like, absolutely, I'll move my date, and she moves her date. Yeah, I became an instant Swifty right there, right there. I, mean, I don't even listen to her music, but I'm like, you dope, you're good, you cool, right? So next person they call, hey, Kenny Chesney, here's what's going on. They walk him through the whole vision. Kenny, will you move your date? He's like, absolutely. Kenny moves his date. Then they call us, hey, love has no limits. Do you want SoFi Stadium? We were like, uh, yes, 100%. Absolutely. That's how we got the stadium. The next day, this is 47 days out, we get a call from some guys who co-founded a, a small um, music festival you might have heard of called Coachella. And they, um, they said, uh, hey, we've been watching everything you've been doing. We've watched the medical debt. We've watched the food distribution. We've watched the foster care. We've watched, the pr we've watched everything. And they said, we, um, we want to have some purpose attached to our life. Can we run all your audio, visual, lighting, and streaming capacity for you in SoFi Stadium? We were like, yes, 100%. Absolutely, right? Then they said, well, well, who's the lineup? Like, who's the lineup? And we we're like, look, we're, we're posturing a lot of great conversation right now, and we'll be able to feed those names to you shortly. That's code for we're praying, and we don't know, right? Well, they're like, you have 30 days. All right, no problem. We'll get you these names in 30 days. They called us two weeks later. We're like, yo, who's the lineup? We're like, listen, listen, we're, we're positioning a lot of great people right now, and that list is going to be seated to you shortly. That's code for we're praying and fasting now, because we don't know. I mean, this is Los Angeles, right? This, I can go get the top Christian artists and worship leaders, but they are not, the only people that show up to that are Christians. And I don't want to fill up a stadium with people who already know Jesus, and, and then we take pictures and feel good about ourselves when we did, acting like we did something, we did nothing. So I was like, we need to get radical. Let's get wild with the strategy. We said, Lord, who's a tier one influencer that's a global icon that's a Christian? Well, that's a short list. And we said, who's all that and not afraid to share their faith also? Well, that, that, we're crossing names off that list. And then we're like, and, and who's available? Well, that could only be any, many, miny Justin Bieber. So sure enough, um, we get to 30 days and the guys call us and they're like, yo, who's the lineup? And we're like, listen, our history in the nations has taught us to have a higher risk tolerance, perhaps people in your industry. But um, we have learned the miracle of giving God one more day. Would you just stand with us for one more day? Just one more day. They said, these are great Jewish men. And they said, you get one more day. We're like, thank you. Man, we didn't sleep at all that night. I was praying in the fetal position, breathing through a paper bag, speaking in tongues. I'm telling you. The next morning, right around nine o'clock, we get an unknown FaceTime. It's from Justin Bieber out of nowhere. And he says, he's got tears coming down his face. He said, I've been watching. I've watched the medical debt. I've watched the food distribution. I watch what you've done in schools. I watch what you're doing in the city. I, he said, and God spoke to me. This is exactly what God spoke to me. He told me I would stand with the church of Los Angeles 
And I would use my influence across social media in the industry to pull people off their phones, out of their homes, and into a stadium moment where they could hear the story of Jesus and they could begin the journey. He's crying. They could begin the journey that I've started because I want them to have that. And he says, hey, can I serve this vision? And if you don't have this lineup, can I help you build this lineup? We were like, hey, uh, JB, anytime your friends want to be our friends, like we Gucci with that. Like that's, that's good with me. I feel great. I feel God. Like, you know. He gets on another phone while we're sorting some preliminary uh, details out and he starts building a lineup in one hour. Hey, Chance the Rapper, I need you. Hey, Jaden Smith. Hey, Tori. Ke- I mean, he starts building a lineup. The Coachella guys never had. And that's how we got the lineup for free. Why? Now, using that kind of influence, they're posting, they're doing lives, they're throwing it up on stories on their feed. Man, we started watching people RSVP to come onto campus of local churches and be come to their surf center and be able to rub shoulders with staff and team members. And now they have a, a, an idea of where a life-giving church is. And then because they serve for four hours, they got a wristband. We don't charge tickets to anything we do. We don't even take up offerings in anything we do. We are privately funded. It's a faith journey. And we are we want to come into in a posture into a city where we're here just to bless the city and not ask anything. We don't data harvest off of churches and NGOs for donors. Like We don't do any of that. Pure faith. And we watch... Between all of that influence, it, between the in-person and online, half a billion people watched that one night. We're touched by Jesus on that one night. That's why I can't say it loud enough. I'm ahead. I'm an ambush. I'm an answer. We are not the question. We are not the problem. We are the answer. When the world needed hospitals, the church answered and gave them better hospitals. When the world needed a better education system, the church answered and gave them an education system. When the world needed a better system of government, the church responded and gave them that. We have always, in every pandemic, in every war, in every challenge, the church has remained. You're an answer. Would you stand up with me? I feel like God is igniting something in this room. I feel like there's people in this room who have probably never began the journey. They... There's, you, truth be told, if, let me just be real. I think there's people in this room, you're still asleep in your sin. Dead asleep in your addiction and your pain. And you're trying desperately. You feel so suffocated, weighed down, muzzled by it. You don't know how to cry out for help. You just know it's messed up. What do I do? How do I fix this life? What? I've gone too far. I've done too much. I'm too messed up. No, friend. I got news for you. God's not in love with a future version of you. He's in love with the you right now. And with everything he gets right now, he knows what he's getting. He knows all the pain. He knows all the, all the failures, all the sin, all the frustration. But he also knows all the potential. He knows all the prophetic destiny telling you he knows all the victories that lay in front of you there's one giant step you have to take and that's surrender your life to the lordship of jesus christ if you have never given your life to jesus i'm telling you you want that addiction to fall off you surrender your life you want your marriage to get better give your life to jesus you want your kids not to roll around in the same dysfunction that you're battling through surrender your life to jesus telling you i'm only telling you this not because i want something for you not from you i get nothing out of this except the pure joy of watching you yield your life and god doing something massive i i have a marriage i don't deserve i have four amazing kids i don't deserve i live a life i don't deserve i'm not that smart i'm not that good but i know how to pray and i do whatever he tells me to do that's all i've done I don't have the fanciest degrees. I'll put this one on you, all right? You do, I, I never graduated from the Bible college that I went to until I was leading it. I led the college I never graduated from. You figure that out. God's got, I'm telling you, like my whole life's one big meme. God's got a sense of humor. I'm only telling you that. I don't care how messed up, how dirty your sin is. I, I don't care how broken your heart is. He can do something with that. He can do something with that. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, 
Would you bow your head, close your eyes all across this room? If you've never given your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Chris, you're speaking to me. I want God to wake me up with his love, his mercy, his truth, his forgiveness. Come on, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Who am I talking to? Yeah, I see your hand, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes, sir. Come on, this is amazing. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. My goodness, this is amazing. Thank you, God. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Listen, I want to pray, and I want to ask you to repeat after me. There's nothing magical about these words. What's supernatural is the meaning in your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. And I want to pray with you. Let's begin that step. Repeat after me. And church, let's pray together. Let's, let's pray with some volume. Let's pray loud and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you that you died for me, that you rose again, and you're alive today. I declare I am yours. Wake me up. I declare I'm ahead. I'm an ambush. I'm an answer. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we thank God? Can we thank God? I should bring that stuff up. I want to take 30 seconds. I want to pray over you with this message. I sense right now there's a real, I feel like a war for your courage to take risks. Too many of us, we've been over-churched. And we think the way we take ground is making this service bigger. That is one element. But it makes no sense for us to have revival here and the people across the street have no idea what's going on. I want to ask God to wake up fresh dreams, fresh strategies, fresh vision. And I'm not just talking about ministerially. I'm talking about what about your your business, your career, your marriage, your family. I want God to wake you up. If this message has gripped you in any way, would you take your hand and put it on your heart? I want to pray over you. Holy Spirit, the same way that you came upon men and women in the scriptures, the same way that you're breathing on nations around the world, is the same way that you're igniting men and women this morning in Lathrop, California, where you're pulling, building, developing dreams, initiatives, strategies, visions, a deploying of a fresh model in businesses, marriages, families, callings, giftings, mixes of graces, God, that you would bring this all together ignite it on the inside of every man and every woman do something supernatural beyond their training beyond their degrees beyond their master classes god let it be birthed in the place of your presence and nothing less god let them never settle let them refuse to quit and lord just when they feel like the hour is too late that you would hold the sun to stand still that you would override time, space, physics, science, and gravity, and you would pull them in. Not to what's next, but what is now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you're grateful for that, can we give God just five seconds of praise? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Once again, thank you so much for joining in and listening to the message brought to our house this past Sunday. We love you, and we pray you have a blessed day and blessed week.